Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the One Step Better podcast. I am Mike Schaefer, and with me this week, continuing in our discussions about a variety of HR issues, is our very own Greg Henderson. Greg, thank you for uh, for taking some time out of your day to join me today. Yeah, thanks for having me. And to all of our listeners out there, we really appreciate you taking the time to listen to us garble on about all kinds of things. Today is going to be an interesting topic because since Greg is with us, we're going to continue talking about some HR things. And knowledge is power. Knowing things and having information is powerful, especially for a lot of leaders out there. Um, but sometimes that knowledge and information needs to be kept a little bit closer to the vest. And so what we're going to talk about today is transparency, things that we need to maybe keep to ourselves and not share with others. How do we draw the line there? What are some things that we do need to disclose to other people around us? Um, and hopefully gain some wisdom on how we can lead our team better and equip them and prepare them for a variety of situations in which sometimes information would actually matter and make a difference. But before we get too far into that conversation, we always have to start out with something a little bit lighter. And so, Greg, my question to you today, what is the most used emoji on your telephone? Assuming you actually have a telephone. Did they, <laughs> were those invented back then? Wait. You remember the Nokia just like I do, okay? <laughs> you play Snake on it? Oh, yeah. yeah. I love Nokia. Um, I'm not going to answer that question. I'm going to answer the one that I like to use the most. Instead of the most Instead used Instead of one? the most used. I feel because like my most used one is so boring, right? I it's feel like, like there's a... Yeah, that's so boring. Okay, I think you need to clarify then what your most used ones are. Because when you start with, I'm not going to tell you, <laughs> that's going to leave people thinking to their own imagination, <laughs> making up their own answers. <laughs> So no, we're being both. transparent, right? So most I, use is like thumbs up. Is what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thumbs up, or I like the the strong. Okay. I like that. That's that's pretty solid. My my like the most fun one I like to use is the dancing Carlton. That's like I I love using that one as much as as much as I can. I don't use it enough, but I love it. In what situation would that emoji come out? <sighs> The woohoo, right? Instead of typing in woohoo. And so this is an the, exciting moment. It's an exciting moment. Gotcha. Absolutely. It is like, yeah. I mean. So if Amanda texts you, hey, I just saved $3 off a gallon of milk, you're going to be all like Carlton emoji. No. I didn't, that doesn't, so it's got to be bigger than that. It's got to be bigger than that. All right. So if, if Amanda texts you and says, hey, I just won the lottery, that's a Carlton emoji? Yes. That's good to know. With a letter of, of resignation, right? <laughs> if you won the lottery, you would quit your job? Yes. It's good to know. Let's write that yes. down, put it in your file. Yes. That's Wouldn't you? Good. No. I don't think, well, I would take <laughs> a break, but I would not quit. No. I, well, this is a topic for yeah, another day, but my, write my short Write that question answer, down, by the way. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. If, yeah. you, if you won the lottery, we'll, we'll get into that another day. Um, my most commonly used emoji is most likely the kissy face, uh, if I'm being honest, because um, I send that one to my wife quite a bit because I'm a good husband like that. So I'm just thinking about you, kissy face emoji. Or whenever she texts me something like, hey, Mike, you forgot to do something again and you're in trouble or whatever. You just, you know, you, you hit back that kissy face and it's just like, oh, yeah, everything's good. Uh, at least that's what I like to tell myself. I like to go with the kissy face, or maybe the um, uh, the the heart eyes. Mm -hmm. That's a good one. Yeah, I like the heart eyes. Yeah, yeah. I don't use a ton of emojis. Honestly, I'm a really terrible text messenger. 
if you text me and I don't text you back, it it not, it doesn't mean anything about you. This is this is a me problem, um, and it's I, to be fair, it's not a problem I'm willing to fix or I'm going to fix because I don't think it needs to be fixed. Um, but if you text me, it's not like a guarantee that you're going to get a response. Um, and so I'm not a big texter, uh, but and so it's it's really just I text with a couple people. My wife is one of them, and so do you think it's generational? Mm, n- no, because oh well. Texting in general probably is at some level, but at, at this point, I mean, cell phones have been out for like mass market cell phones have been out for oh. 30 years, 20 years. And I think people are pretty familiar with it at this point. Yeah. I think that there is a older generation. Sometimes my mom listens to this podcast, so I'm not going to call her out specifically, but um, someone in my mom's generation in theory that all they text with is emojis. And you just really have to decode the message of like what's being said, uh, and I think that's kind of fun, uh, but that's just not how not how I normally text. Yeah, I'm very formal in my texting. I have punctuations and capital letters and everything. My my kids yeah. hate when I text them. Yes, that's that's good to know. Hello, Mister Henderson. This is Michael Schaefer. Uh, I'll remember that commas punctuation commas big yeah yeah very good. Well. That is good to know. Now we're all going to text you a bunch of different strong arms and Carlton emojis. But uh, for our topic today, we're going to talk about transparency um, because in some points, maybe it's through a text message, you learn something about your employees in which uh, it is going to raise the question in your brain, is this something that I need to share with other people? Is this something that I need to not share? What can I share? What can't I share? What should I share? What shouldn't I share? And so we're going to try to lay out a couple of different scenarios in which this um, kind of rears its head in daily life in the course of a business and uh, hopefully get some parameters around maybe what is a good idea, what's a bad idea. The first one I always think of is, uh, so last week we talked about firing and, and how that works and kind of leading up to a variety of items there. But a lot of times whenever you get to the point where you've made the decision, all right, I'm going to fire Becky, it's done. This morning, I fired Becky. She's no longer an employee here, and I need to go tell her team that, or maybe the entire team, whoever is going to get communicated with. The first question that's entering somebody's mind at that point in time, I think there's two things. One is, what did Becky do to get fired? And the second is, when am I getting fired for that exact same reason? Because of that, I always think, is it a good idea to share some of the details or all of the details that led to the firing with the hopes of saying, this is a specific situation, Becky, maybe it was performance related and she dropped the ball here. And if you don't drop the ball there, then you're not going to get fired. Or sometimes I think if it is um, more character based, like, hey, Becky was a bold-faced liar, therefore you should not be a bold-faced liar and you get to keep your job. And so I can convince myself that maybe sharing this information is a good idea but the other, like the, you know, the devil on the other side or the angel on the other side, however you look at it, is yeah. saying, you know, Mike, that's not any of their business. That's confidential to Becky. There's a level of respect to Becky and not sharing her, you know, laundry, that type of stuff. How do I go about saying this is what I should say in a situation where I have to tell the team about somebody leaving and what I shouldn't? What does that look like? Yeah, there is no magic bullet. Right, just because one situation presents itself and you're going to do that particular thing every single time is 
That's just wrong. It has to be case-by-case case dependent. And I think it has to do with the environment that that person was either cultivating or the behavior that that could in turn bring some 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 bad behavior from that. So performance, I don't think that's a big I, – I personally would not tell the team, hey, listen, Becky was awful. You know, she never hit her goal, and that's the reason she was gone. They know that. We talk about that enough to understand that if you're not winning, you're not, there's no place for you here. So I would bring up the stuff that behavior, that, that attitude. There, there's something that says, hey, I, I need you to be aware that if this is the environment that we're in, this is not a good place for you. I think that's more involved. I, I wouldn't go to performance. I would go more of that, I don't know, that unwritten kind of culture stuff. Do you think that, I think you bring up a good point. If, if it really was performance-based, then Becky's team, as long as we have clear expectations, is probably aware that she's not meeting the mark and would understand that. Yeah. So that, that, that's helpful. That makes sense. In, in the same regard, if Becky's late three times a week and I fire her because she's late three times a week, that's not something that I need to discuss. They already know they that. Are, they already know yeah. that. It's that underlying thing that it could be something very serious, right? So, you know, a, an egregious misconduct thing. I think it's okay to let them know that she was fired for misconduct. Yeah. But not to the detail that, that matters. So, you know, that that's, that's in a, I'll say, a predictable environment where everybody can kind of see that Becky's missing the mark mm-hmm. here and she's got to go. Let's pretend like Becky was a really great employee. And she's always hitting the mark, and she's an encourager of others and really hits our core values and lives out our mission well. But something does pop up that is – it's more of a one-time – maybe it's a big deal. You mentioned the word egregious. That is, hey, this – you crossed the line, and this is a line that we don't allow to be crossed. And even though you're great in all these other areas, you got to go. And her team is surprised by – I mean, because they're not – they may not be aware of that, so it's a big surprise to them. And if I come in and say, hey – Becky's no longer here. Is should I? Is is that what you're talking about? Where you don't, you still don't want to go into the details of what's going on, but just to kind of reconfirm to them that, hey, you know what? We have values, and sometimes those get crossed. Right. And there's, you know, because we're a value based organization, you can't pick and choose which ones are you, you're going to abide by and which ones you're not. And so I think that gives comfort to the rest of the employee work base to let them know, hey, this is this is consistent. I'm okay with that. Yeah. And, you know, if we were – because in our environment, everybody shows up. You know, we're our, – our shift, if you will, is 8.30 to 5.30, Monday through Friday. And everybody – you know, we have a bunch of full-time workers. We don't have a bunch of part-time people. So everybody sees – so if, if Becky's not here for a few days, everybody would recognize that Be- Becky's not here, especially everybody on her team would recognize. Or she's got COVID. <laughs> or she's yeah, she's at home dealing with COVID issues, right? Which in this day and age is everybody at every point in time. Right. But if I was an organization that was more, a lot of part timers, a lot of shift work. Let's say if I was a restaurant or you know someone like that, retail shop, and a lot of times there, the firing or the termination of an employee is simply for some, it's I just haven't seen that person in a week or two, and maybe a week or two is normal, but that third week is not normal. 
at what point, if you're dealing with, you know, more of a high turnover environment, do you even try to get into the, any of the details on why somebody was termed? Yeah, to a point, right? So every handbook that I write has a job abandonment clause. And so if you don't show up for three scheduled shifts, whatever scheduled shifts are you're, you're scheduled to do, if you failed to show up for three of those shifts and you don't call us, you're gone. That's your voluntary resignation letter. And so if that's the case, absolutely, you need to bring that up to the employees. Hey, listen, we, you know, so-and-so didn't make it the third shift that she was scheduled to work. And so she voluntarily resigned. We're going to have to cover her shift tonight. I understand that for a job abandonment standpoint, but as far as the transparency, if Becky didn't necessarily abandon her job, but she was, she's not scheduled to work with the same people every, you know, day in and day out. Do I just leave it up to, Hey, you know what? Becky's terminated for whatever reason that may be. How much do I try to communicate that to other people who may not see Becky, but maybe once a week or once every couple of weeks, just simply because schedules never lined up. Right. Do I worry about going into details about, Hey, you know, Becky's no longer here. Or I just let them kind of figure it out on their own because, hey, I haven't been scheduled to work with Becky in a month. So, therefore, something must be a bit wonky there. What's the pros and cons of too much information yet not enough information? Well, yeah, I mean, the pros of, I guess, not being transparent um, is the idea that you could keep something, or I, I should say, the, I guess the idea of telling your employees exactly why Becky's no longer here to the nth detail, I don't like. Um, because there is a, a line that I don't like to cross. Um, and so I keep it very general. Misconduct, and that's just simply... behavior, very big buckets of why. Again, way down is the reason why you got fired, but under that big bucket, I think the employees are okay knowing that, hey, I was terminated for this big bucket or this big bucket. They don't need to know that, hey, I even if I was late five times in six days, they don't. I wouldn't tell them that. I was like, hey, we had a, uh, an attendance issue. She got fired because yeah. she, there was an attendance issue. Yeah, because I, I always think of it, and this may not be appropriate, but I always think of it as anytime somebody does exit the organization, it is an opportunity to tell everybody else that stays or to remind them, hey, here's kind of our expectations. Here's our values. We had somebody that wasn't meeting those. And so just as a reminder, we do actually believe these things, and you do have to actually do these things, or you're going to be, what we say, is outside of the umbrella and at risk of finding a new new employer. But I always struggle with how much. And so I think your big bucket idea is really helpful in that because I may not need to say, Hey, Becky stole a TV off the wall and sold it for drugs. You know, something just crazy ridiculous. Right. And then was caught dealing in the parking lot, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we don't need to go into <laughs> that detail. But I may just simply need to say, hey, you know what? We, uh, what we, we have performance expectations, or not um, behavioral expectations. Behavioral expectations. And uh, that wasn't met, and therefore right. we had to part ways. That's helpful. So misconduct is a, it's a huge bucket. And so... You have to be careful because misconduct could be, you know, there's a lot of ambiguity out there. And so if you're not transparent, but you think you are, I'm still going to make something up to fill in that yeah. that misconduct bucket. So maybe go a little bit more in detail if it's an egregious kind of thing like that. The criminal activity. I think that's okay. Hey, she was fired because 
She stole something. She stole yeah. something. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, because that makes sense. Because, you know, what we joked about right off of our icebreaker, as you said, I don't want to say what is the uh, most used, and everybody's minds probably go to what is Greg actually texting over there? That's right. <laughs> Which emoji is he using? Right. We don't want them to make up those things. And so similar, those big buckets could leave room for ambiguity. And our goal here is transparency right. to the to up to the line, whatever that line is, but not not leaving it so vague that people start to make up things right. that are beyond what actually happened. Could be, you know what, Becky stole a paperclip and now they're thinking she's an ax murderer. Right. It's gotta go. Right. Yeah. Um, which fun fact, Becky used to work with, and this is a real Beck, the real Becky, not our fake Becky we talk about, used to work with um, someone who may or may not have been, we'll say an axe murderer, um, but that's a, that's a different, different story for a different podcast probably. So email us at onestepbetter at patrickcounting.com and ask Becky, tell me your story about working with the crazy lady. Um, so that's firing. I, I think that's helpful. Um, also, sometimes on the flip side of that, in the hiring process, we learn things about new hires that sometimes makes us like raise our eyebrows and think, oh my, like if, you know, if, if Becky's crazy lady friend started to apply here and we learned that this person was in fact acquitted of murder, that may impact our hiring decision. Um, but sometimes we learn those things after we've hired them already. At what point, if any, do you start to get into some of the things that you just simply learn about people in normal conversations? At what line do you draw to say, this is something that is worthwhile that I need to talk to the team about or other people about versus this is just private specific to that individual and leave it alone? It, it's got to be the creep factor, right? So I always tell people, those hairs on the back of your neck, if they start standing up when you're alone in, in the room with this person, Tell somebody, <laughs> right? Because it, it has to mean something, right? I, it, it could be just you. I got it. But I still want to know, you know, you don't feel comfortable around this person. That's a, that's a big thing. Yeah. I, uh, I remember a, a story specifically about a time in which I had an employee come to me and say, something's just not right about another individual. And I upon... Investigation, uh, investigation is too strong of a word. No, we did not investigate. No, we did not. Yeah. Upon asking a couple of other questions about other, you know, from other people. Becky's intrigued. <laughs> I learned <laughs> that there's multiple people who have an issue with this one person who's no longer around this place. And I think to your point, sometimes those little tingly hairs do, they're there for a reason. And, and you got to be able to use that. But that does not mean that you get to go and say, hey, you know what? Back to Becky. Becky over here is X, Y, Z. Right. And therefore, we're not going to hire her. Or we did hire her, and now you just need to know that she's a crazy lady, and maybe you need to not be around her. No, at that point in time, if it's if it's that egregious, you just need to remove Becky from the – here we go. Firing Becky again. I'm sorry. Right. I'm sorry, Becky. Same thing with discipline scenarios. Um, you know, how, how much detail do you go into – I guess really when it comes to discipline, you wouldn't really talk about the discipline of one individual with anybody else. And that's true for praise in public discipline in private. And that, so what about like, so that's team leader to employee. Do you share that information with 
I guess, going up the chain? If it gets to the to that level, right? So I'm a big believer in if you know I'm I'm doing my job at my level, and you hired me to do my job at my level. If I can't do my job at my level when I'm bringing everything to you, well then I don't need to be in my job, right? So I've got to understand, own it is a big value. If it's in my level, I'm going to own it. Now if it gets to a point where it's exceeding my level and has to go to the boss, absolutely. You know, hey, just want to let you know. This is the stuff that we've been dealing with. I thought it would get better. It's now on your, you know, it's, it's, what do you want to do with it? Yeah. So another situation that comes up in the normal course of business is pay rates. Everybody likes to get paid as much as they can possibly get paid. And sometimes that turns into, we all need to talk about how much everybody gets paid. Therefore we can develop our pecking order of, all right, Greg's paid the most. And then Becky's in line and then Mike is in line or whatever it may be. As a leader, how much time or energy do you spend talking about actual true pay rates with anyone other than, I'll say, the employee and maybe the person that needs to know for payroll purposes? Is that a a point of conversation that you want to keep a little bit close fisted on? Or is that something that you're pretty open about? Hmm. Both. So I am, I'm close fisted until it gets to a point where it will be beneficial to let that person know why they're getting paid different. If it comes up again, if I'm, if I'm being challenged, Hey, uh, we do the same job. I've heard that he gets paid more than me. What's up with that? At that point, the leader has to take a little bit of, uh, you know, release some information, some knowledge, just a little bit. To let them know, hey, the reason why you're not getting that amount of pay is for co- is because of this reason, this reason, or this reason. That's that's the point where you have to release some of that knowledge to let that person know, hey, there's a reason why your pay is different. But in your example, one of the things that you did not disclose is one that that person was actually accurate in their statement that this person's getting paid X and I'm only getting paid Y. Two, you didn't disclose how much that person, that other person was getting paid. Correct. Because if somebody came to me and said, hey, Mike, you know, I know that Becky's getting paid $10,000 a year more than me. Because Becky told you. And we're doing you. the same job. Right. Yeah, because Becky told me. The one thing I'm going to say is you don't know how much Becky's getting paid. Because Becky may be saying that because she wants you to think she gets paid more than she actually does. Or maybe she actually does get paid that amount. But none of that's your business. You know, I don't want my people comparing pay rates from the standpoint of who, you know, what that pecking order looks like. And so I wouldn't ever. You wouldn't even even entertain the conversation. I would entertain the conversation, but it would be from the similar standpoint you just mentioned. In this role, this is how we determine pay, and this is where you're at. And if you want more dollars, this is where we could see you grow into or the more responsibility that you need to take on. Because in our world, small business environment, your pay is related to your effectiveness. You don't get paid more just because, you know, the calendar turned to another day. Right. And so, you know, how, how can we increase your pay is what I'm concerned about, not how does your pay affect other people. Right. Don't care about that at all. But in, you know, in other industries, restaurants in specifically, they do care. <laughs> the, yeah. the calendar did turn over. Um, and so I think I would be transparent in that, in that regard. Hopefully that's in some type of trend, you know, the um, 
progression timetable that you lay out with your employees. Hey, listen, every 90 days you get a 10 cent raise or at the one year mark, you get a dollar raise. There's got to be more transparency with that, especially with those type of individuals that are getting the same money for the same job over and over and over again. Just make sure that we're aligned that way. Yeah. And I think with those things, I think it's just important that it's clearly communicated what those expectations are. And, you know, if you do ever find yourself in a situation where you do learn, hey, I'm paying Becky significantly below where I should be paying Becky. And for because this happens in small business all the time and it's not intentional. It's simply because I have a thousand things going on that I didn't think about or didn't look into or I forgot about whatever it is on what that one particular person's pay rate was. And maybe I look up someday and, oh, my goodness, you've been here four years. We've never adjusted your compensation. What am I thinking? And you just handle it at that point in time. Sure. And I think that's where being transparent, you know, is, is helpful. Hey, you know what? We should have looked at this. I apologize. We didn't look at this. Here's what your pay's based on now that we're talking about and actually looking at it. I see that maybe you do deserve more dollars or whatever it may be. Um, and but that doesn't that information doesn't ever go beyond that one the one to one conversation. Now some organizations do create pay scales. That's that's public knowledge. That's totally right? Government's big on yeah, this, but even it. in the private world. We may say something like, you know, our front desk, our front, uh, um, yeah, front desk person is going to be in a scale of ten to seventeen dollars an hour, or whatever it may be, and then, and they'll post that for every particular job. I find what's difficult about that is you have to in the, within the scale, within the ten to seventeen in my example, you have to be prepared for very clear what's a ten and what's a seventeen. And so many people, I feel like they don't ever take the time to actually develop that scale other than today's Tuesday and I feel like making it 11 and tomorrow is Wednesday. So I'm just feeling more like a 10. And it can't be that ambiguous. Can't. If that's a, amb, amb, whatever the word is. Ambiguitiveness? Ambiguitous. That's my new word for the yeah, day. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. So in that regard, I would put step increases, you know, and I would tie it straight to tenure. Yeah. So if you've been here for two years, then you're a 12 and another two years, you're a 14 or whatever. I think that's true to some degree. At the same time, I want to find ways in which performance can be reflected in that uh, yeah. beyond just, hey, congratulations, you made it another year. In our world, we talk about tenure as a good thing in a, in a lot of ways, because if you don't if you don't perform well, you don't survive here. And so tenure is an indication of solid performance. Right. So it's a little bit different. No, so in that regard, you can tie performance to a bonus structure. So again, every two years you get that next step increase, and you know, two to to four dollars, whatever that, whatever you want to make it. The really cool thing is, you can give people waivers. So if you're really good at your particular job, you don't have to wait to the two year mark. I can promote you early. Because I'm now putting it into your hands of, hey, your performance dictates how quickly you get promoted or that step increase. Yeah. And to rein that back in a little bit, I think it's important that we understand that we're trying to be transparent on the global level. Yeah. If we do use pay scales or if we have a good understanding of what the structure of a pay rate may be. And we talk to our specific individuals about how that affects them, but we don't get into too far of the, and really in any of the details with other people's pay with other people. Right. Um, it, you, you're asking for trouble. All right, I got two more scenarios for you and then we'll wrap up. Um, leave. A lot of 
organizations have paid time off, vacation, sick plans, whatever it may be. And at, at some point in the requesting of that time off, there is sometimes a comments box or why are you taking PTO? What's the reason behind it? And they may say something like, I got to go to my uncle's funeral, or it could be, hey, you know what? I got to go bail my brother out of jail or, you know, whatever it is, they're putting some information in that box that is uh, meant to give more clarity behind why they're taking leave. But sometimes people can see that and think, all right, this is a something that I need to talk to other people about. Where do we draw the line on caring why a person is taking leave and using that information to communicate with other people? So I have three areas where I ask people where they're on leave. Bereavement, emergency, ordinary. That's it. If it's ordinary leave, cool. I don't care the reason because I have a PTO policy that makes me tell you I don't care where you are when you're not at work. But emergency, I want to know. It's, it's just emergency being like, hey, I'm going to be gone today or tomorrow. Not I'm going to be gone three months for vacation. Because right. I care about what's going on in your life. So you put emergency. Now I'm, I'm, I'm taking a, a notice of that and I'm, I'm maybe calling you every day while you're on leave. Hey, how's everything going? Or bereavement, that's a totally different thing. Now, if you have a bereavement plan, which is a different from your PTO, then that's how, why I need to know because it's, it's coded differently. Just to categorize Just it. Just to categorize it. And that also shows me that, hey, yeah, we have three days of bereavement leave, right? And this the standard kind of number. But I know as a leader that on that fourth day, you might be calling me and say, hey, I need to extend a little longer. So-and-so yeah. just died. We thought they were going to make it through or whatever. Yeah. And and I think that it's important that that information still stays somewhat close to the vest. But the reality is if, let's say that you t- you requested time off, you know, for thir- some random Thursday and it was kind of late in the, the week and th- that just seems weird. And I say, hey, Greg, what's going on? Is everything okay? And, and it's, you know what, I got my, some random cousin is on hospice and so we got to worry about whatever, whatever. I do think to some degree, and this is where you just have to know your people well, I think it is perfectly reasonable as your leader to say to other people on our team, hey, you know what, Greg's going to be out for a little bit. He's dealing with some family issues. Maybe keep him in your prayers or, you know, whatever it is where that's communicate and just know that you're going to have to, you know, pick up some of his slack over the next few days, whatever it is. Emotionally, he may not be engaged, whatever. And I have to be able to know that about my person because you, I think you would be okay with that. And just to use Becky as an example, I'm not saying this is true, but Becky, for example, may not be okay with those type of details being. Right. And I may know that Becky's a little more closed off or not as open about that stuff. So I have to know that and respect that right. as those things come in. But that's why the comments block is probably not appropriate. I would just <laughs> make it a three blocks. Ordinary emergency bereavement. Check the box. Just check right. the box. Call it what it is. Yeah. I Yeah. We have a comments box and... Uh, I don't ever I've, use it. I've never filled it out. But I do see other people that do fill it out. And it's like, okay. Right. That's fine. Um, but I think it's it's neat because if you're that type of organization that's going to send flowers. Correct. It would be, a, it's it's just a heads up. Hey, I'm my mother-in-law died. Oh, okay. Well, we're definitely going to get flowers for that. Right. I, I think it's just what type of organization are you? Are you a caring organization? Are you kind of what I've been talking about is this high commitment organization? 
right? You show your employees that you're committed to them before you ask for their commitment to you. Absolutely. Yeah. Last one, and then we'll wrap it up. Um, and this is because this is something that's popped up here a couple of times with dealing with our clients is every once in a while, we get the question that comes in is, hey, I just learned that, you know, ABC employee is pregnant. And in our, as a leader, the things that may start coming off in my brain is, all right, when are they due and how's that going to affect leave? And do I need to cover their, you know, what's the coverage look like at work? And what is their time off going to be, you know, leading up to that point and, and those types of things. And those things enter my brain, to be fair, after, congratulations, that's so exciting, you know, whatever, all the fun stuff, the good stuff. Um, but that information then can sometimes be shared with other people. Hey, Becky, did you hear that Greg is pregnant? Bad example. Maybe I should have flipped all those roles. Baby. Greg is pregnant. <laughs> baby Greg. Greg is pregnant and he's going to have a baby. And do you, you know, that's so exciting. And that's not necessarily my place. So how do you, how do you draw the line with pregnancy specifically? When do you tell other people that somebody is pregnant whenever they've come to you and shared that? So my rule of thumb is, if the employee tells the leader they're pregnant, it is common knowledge to everyone because there are certain things that now we have to be aware of and keep keep eye, keep our, 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 I guess, our listening, the pulse taker of the leadership thing that we always talk about because we're listening for, hey, my doctor just told me I'm going to, you know, next week I'm on four hours. I can't stand more than four. That's that's that's, that's what the leader has to be aware of and listening for. It. And so the, the employee may have not told their direct supervisor, but maybe the HR or the office manager knows, well, it's up to the office manager to tell the leader, hey, listen, so-and-so's pregnant. It's not Greg, right? So Becky's pregnant. This is what you're going to be listening for. Again, this training, coaching thing. Hey, start asking questions. Hey, does the doctor know what type of job you do? Those are things that You've got to know. So it is common knowledge. If the employee tells us, hey, I'm pregnant, that's common knowledge. Everyone I, needs see, to know. See, I think I might take the exact opposite approach. I think if Becky came to me and said, hey, I'm pregnant, I'm not going to tell anybody. That's Becky's information. If she wants other people to know, then she can tell them. I'm not going to I'm not going to share that news with anybody. Why not? Because it's that's not my responsibility. Really? Yeah, because I don't... A couple of reasons. One, pregnancy specifically, I don't want to steal the the joy that she gets to have when she gets to go say, hey, Greg, guess what? I'm pregnant. Oh, I already knew that. What? Also, I think it, it I think, I think it's still some of her joy. I also think that it is, uh, that's just a, she may not want anybody else to know. She may be, you know, I'm pregnant and I'm ashamed of it or whatever. I'm not going to be the one that goes out and, and shares that with other people. And that's fair. I, I hope she would tell me that, though. I would hope so. Yeah. But I'm I'm not going to be the person that takes Normally, that. Normally, if I tell you something I want anybody to know, I'm going to let you know that. I think you're a little bit different because whenever you tell people something, it's generally, you're more open book about, and that's why I say pregnancy specifically is something I, to, I yeah, don't think I, mean, I would touch with other people. I don't know. If legally, it's, I've never looked it up. I don't know if that's... Something I'm not supposed is that to do. Protected or not? It may be protected. Oh. It is protected. Yes, of course. For like it's protected. firing, I can't or, fire yeah, you right. and change your job because you're pregnant. But that just means I know you're pregnant if I'm if yeah. I'm changing your job. So I don't think it's protected in that regard. Um, but maybe maybe the best practice is 
hey, listen, thanks for letting me know. Congratulations. What do you, what would yeah. you like me to do with this information? Exactly. Right? <laughs> Is this something that I should talk about? Are shouldn't we... talk about? Right. I mean, yeah. Is this just a heads up or is this like a, right. hey, I need some special accommodations, whatever it is. Right. Yeah. I, had a, I had a soldier came to me while we were deployed for six months and told me she was pregnant. That's an interesting conversation. You've yeah. not been with your yeah. husband in six months. How are you pregnant? Yeah. So that's a different conversation. That's a different, yeah, that is a different, different conversation altogether. Oh, man. Uh, lots, of, lots of situations out there in which leaders do get information that a lot of times I think we we go through our days without actually thinking about how that affects other people. But just ask for transparency. And absolutely. Just, hey, what do you want me to do now that I know this information? How transparent do you want me to be? Absolutely. And uh, hopefully you, you guys out there have been able to get some insight into the situations that you find yourself in, maybe even sometimes without even thinking about it or knowing about it. Uh, and if you want to hear more about our opinions, make sure that you click that subscribe button on your podcast, wherever you listen to those, so that you don't ever miss another episode of the One Step Better podcast. But if you do have questions that you do want to ask us, we're more than willing willing to answer those questions. Send us an email at onestepbetter@patrickaccounting.com, um, or you can just leave a question on in the comments area of where you're listening to podcasts. And so I got one question to wrap us up that came from last week, and then we will say goodbye. Last week, we talked about um, firing, which we already mentioned. Uh, but the question that came in is, under what circumstances would you hire somebody back? So I fired somebody, and now I'm faced with the decision to rehire them. Would you or wouldn't you do that? Of course, the answer is it always depends. It always depends. Why right? did they originally get fired? Right. Is it Becky stealing TVs off the wall to sell them so that she can become a crack dealer? The answer is probably I'm not hiring her back. But she was in a bad place. I'm still not hiring. Go be in a bad place somewhere else. I can love you and want what's best for you and you not work here. Yeah, that's fair. I, I'm i a big believer in if you've if you exited the right way. Um, so if you've given me your two-week notice or if you're four-week notice, if you're in a leadership position, that that has a lot of clout when it, on, the, on the back end. Yeah, it does. Um, I think of specifically there's one person that, that comes to mind that is no longer an employee here. That if he came back and applied for a job or whatever, called, emailed, I'd hire him back immediately. And that, and here's the circumstances around that. He exited well. He gave notice and s- served out his notice well and left on good terms. And the reason he went and found a different job is because we had him in the wrong seat on our bus. He was the right person. He was in the right bus, but in the wrong seat. And we didn't recognize it on time. And he left because of it if he was to come back i would i would take him back i would hire him back in a heartbeat without i mean it would be immediate and it's it's because of the way he left and the and the events leading up to that and why he left if it's somebody that is if it is egregious you're not getting your job back um if it is character based you're not getting your job back right if it's performance based you're not getting your job back um but if i resigned on good terms, hey, I found something else, yeah. or maybe and I had to move and now I'm moving back. Correct, so, or even that thing didn't work out right. and, and now I'm looking, yeah, then I'm willing to have that conversation. So I'm not, you know, if just because you are no longer here doesn't mean you will ever get to come back here. Right, and just because you worked here once doesn't mean you're gonna work here again. Correct, correct. Yeah, both both ways are true. And so that's my answer. Um, like I said, thank you guys for listening to us. If you have any questions, send us an email and we'll talk to you next week on the One Step Better Podcast. Mm-hmm.